Welcome to Bleed TV, the podcast for fans of the best show on TV. And I'm Zach. And I'm Jake. And tonight is uh, Game of Thrones, episode uh, 508. Uh, the title is Hard Home. Um, the director was uh, Miguel Sapochnik again. And the writer's D&D. Bro, bro. Uh, I'm going to steal a <laughs> line from Jim and Aaron and then call this a situation where I had a Game of Throner. Okay? This yeah. Is, <laughs> yeah. This was a freaking... Awesome episode from start to finish. Could be one of the best episodes of the entire series in my mind. Dare I say my uh, my favorite episode of all time? Wow! I mean, wow! Um, you know, the, the main one of the main reasons is is that there was no setup to this you unbelievable situation usually like you know we had castle black was attacked we knew it was coming when castle rock not castle rock but um when um what do you call it uh king's landing was attacked uh what was that Uh, blackwater blackwater we knew it was coming this one they're having a conversation they're pitching their ideas and then boom and so i think that was the extra element that made this just right over the top well absolutely and 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 as amazingly badass as Hardom's battle and stuff was, don't forget all the other stuff that happened in the episode. Oh, I know. Which was fantastic. I, know. I can't wait to go through the rundown. This this episode was legit. Yeah, I absolutely love it. We're going to really struggle with the best and worst part because it's slim pickings for worst. Huh. Well, yeah, I mean, really. I don't even. I don't even know if we're going to have that section tonight. It's just. <laughs> it's that good. It's all hard home all Man, the time. Let's let's just go ahead and just get talking so I can let this throner go down and uh, we can get to rolling with this. Um, the opening scene, the rundown, uh, of course, was Jorah and Ta- Tyrion right there in front of Danny and her her queen's lair or chamber, or whatever. And they have some good dialogue here, you know, like uh, "Why shouldn't I kill you, um, Tyrion?" comes over there and just goes ahead and has amazing points amazing dialogue you know you don't you know he's devoted you know you don't inspire devotion by killing ones that are devoted i mean it was great lines uh you know jor wasn't happy with the outcome but he's lucky he didn't have his head lopped off yeah he saved his life again you know with 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 his words with his words yeah he is and i love the the callback of her, her backstory and everything just how she got to this point. I mean, just excellent. Oh, yeah. I mean, his little, his little story about, you know, a same little girl who had nothing, who all of a sudden acquires everything, you know, sold to a warlord and, you know, just all moved up you know, I mean, within minutes or hours of death. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you get the, where she gets her name, uh, Stormborn from too, where she was born in a storm of the century type of deal. And, uh, you know, it's just really what we came to expect when Dinklage, you know, we really what we wanted when he got to her. Yeah, you know, I mean, just this is this is the situation everybody was hoping for, and it came through. It, yeah, and it makes her plot a zillion times more interesting. Oh yeah, it de- it definitely helps her because now we've got some new characters around her. Because she was lacking. I mean, like missing Barrington and Jorah, not being at her side. There was a lot of dynamic missing, and now he's there. It's it's helping. Really, the only advisor he has, as far as political, you yeah. know. Uh, disappointed to see Jorah get sent packing again, but thank the Lord he wasn't killed. Um, did you notice something? All right, he's well, he dead already. Huh? He's dead already. <laughs> Some bitch. <laughs> anyway, um, 
I'll kill you. Anyway, he goes outside, you know, and you can tell he's thinking about something. But here's the part I noticed. He stops and looks back when the statues, and then they focus in on the statue, and there was something up there moving. I watched it three or four times, had my wife look at it, and something moves around the head of that statue. Did you notice that? No. Okay. Well, finally, I found, noticed something you didn't. But anyway. Uh, you may be mistaken. I might be hallucinating. Could have been some CG scratchiness. <laughs> Below. Anyway. Um, you know, of course, and he's exiled again, and off it goes. Um, and rolls into Cersei, um, sitting there in a dark room, not looking so well. <laughs> and the big mama rolls up in there with her, uh, you know, her little, uh, what do they call that thing? Um, a ladle. A ladle of water. Confess. Confess. You know? It's their only word. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, I'll make you rich. I'll make you this. And confess. You know? Or, you know, actually, I just sit here and dream of ways to kill you, and da, 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 and then she gets start getting swatted with that thing. Right, right. I'll give you a little insight. Uh, there's three septas, okay, the nuns, basically, or whatever like that. But the main one is Unella, okay. I realize I didn't give her a name in the show and stuff like that, but just to give you a tiny little insight, Septa Unella, and she's a hard ass in the book, just like this. So it's really oh, yeah. cool. Matter of fact, it's bad. not. It's not fighting over water. It's over her clothes. She's completely naked in the jail cell in the books. How and she's, that? you know, whatever. She'll give up this or that just so she can get some, like, um, <laughs> what is it? Uh, what's potato bag? What oh, is, yeah, a little canvas. Like a canvas dress to wear. <laughs> oh. It's not good. <laughs> sexy. Um, picks up with Arya. Um and man, is Maisley just a fanta- fantastic actress? This whole fake story of being an orphan and an or- uh, not a an fake oyster story. shucker, and that's not fake at all. That's what she's actually doing. Well, I get that, but it's still like a, she's reciting a made-up story of who she is, yeah, going portraying. Yeah. You know, and then uh, oh, and the the look she had going through this town, the little hair bobbits, yeah. And the whole, yeah. I was like impressed, and my wife was just ooing and gooing. And um, well, really, you know, the first time oyster. you've seen her clean, yeah, yeah, she's like done up, kind of, you know, proper a little yeah. bit. Um, and the story was great. And then you know he stops her and goes, "No, you're going to take a left. No, you're going to take a right. You know, and and when you see this, and what yeah. am I supposed to be seeing? And Ragman's Harbor. This yeah. is straight out of the book too. This is really and, cool. Uh, it man, it it just. It was like tantalizing. Yeah, that carrot was in front of you. You couldn't reach it. And you were just constantly, constantly feeding more and more. It was just, I absolutely loved this part. Even though it had no action to it like that, it was like, it was progressive steps of seeing where she's going to go with this. Yeah, it's her first time like outside the black and white, you know, and, you know, almost like a spy. You know, it's just exactly. like, we'll send you out. All you're doing is reconnaissance. You know, that's it. <clears throat> yeah, you you'll know, see what you get see. Get your layout. You know, work your way into the territory where people just think you're another oysters, clams, and cockle salesman. Cockle. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so this skinny fellow, you know, he goes, give me four with vinegar. <laughs> but anyway. Ugh, oysters, that's so disgusting. Nasty. You see a porty on there? It's <laughs> like somebody's pissing on it. It was <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was bad. I'd rather eat piss than oysters. Oh, oh gosh, it's awful. But anyway. Um, and of course, she, she, you overhear the story where this guy's begging and he has a family and they take him away. And 
Uh, so you can definitely tell this guy's the mark. You know. Okay. Can you tell what this guy is? Do you understand what he is? It looks like he handles the trade goods coming in and out per boat. Okay. This is... If we did the best and worst part, this would be my worst part. Just because I don't think they did an excellent job at explaining this guy. No, I have no idea. I was purely guessing. Okay. This is your modern day insurance company. Okay. Okay. What he does is he pays out. You know, you pay him the premiums and... You know, you go out on your ship, a captain, right, on a ship, mm-hmm. goes out with his goods. If he makes it back, you know, nothing. But if he dies, the you know mother or his wife gets paid out. So he's a gambler. That's why I call him a gambler because he is the original insurance. How about that? It's everybody pays for something they hope to never use. You know what I mean? But I he has you. all these decisions on who gets the payouts and stuff. So he can screw you, you know. And that's his deal, basically. He's a crook. Insurance company. We have a old world or this version of this of what really happens today. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's like a little stab at the reality of today. I like that. I like that. Um, It goes right back to Cersei. Uh, She's visited by her, uh, what do you call his witch doctor? What's that guy's name? (laughs) <laughs> Kyburn. Kyburn, yeah. Um, to me, Kyburn looks like somebody else is pulling his strings when he's talking to her. Did you get that vibe? No. If, I think if you really pay attention, I think Kyburn's doing his own thing. Yeah, well, I mean, he's like, at the end, he says, the work can, my work continues, like that, and I'm really curious what he means by that. But Well, you know the work continues. I mean, that's that's mountain talk. Yeah, well, I know that. But that's what I'm saying. I'm I'm salivating. I want to want to see what's, where that's going. How yeah, is that going to affect her? Because I'm curious what is her other option is. You know, I have an idea um, just from book 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 knowledge, uh, which I won't get into. But you know, I, I am curious. You know, because he talks, you know, confess or a different option, and then he says the work continues and stuff. So yeah, I'm yeah. When he was saying that, I didn't know what he meant. I thought like. He was going to give her something and make her look like she died and get her out of there, like a escape plan. You know what I mean? But that's but I, no that's no good either. But I really like what he talked about with the because I was wondering like what is a what does a trial of the faith look like compared to the trial of say the royalty? Yeah, or whatever. some good background. And you see him talk about where their fanaticism leads them to like we don't need as much proof. Oh as, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, as a normal perce- world the trial perception would. is what degrades it. Reason, or yeah, he had a great line right there. Let me see if I wrote it down. Um, oh, yeah, it's like the um, uh, belief is the death of yeah. The belief is the death of reason. Uh, yeah, yeah, and um, which is a famous no, 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 it's belief famous. defeats reason in trial of the militants. It's belief is the death of reason. I think yeah. that's what it is, but. Um, but yeah, I love just that interaction. How he talks, basically, that you're just dealing with a bunch of fanatics here. They're going to yeah, get I mean, what, what outcome they want. The, the the burden of proof is not near as surmountable as a real trial. Um, he also told her that Kevin was back from Last Rock as the right hand, yeah. and uh, and that, that Tom he wouldn't see her. Tom uh, won't come out of his room. Tom won't come out of his room. He's not eating. Pansy. Um, <laughs> I mean, he's got both of his women in yeah. the jail, and he's. Unleashed, unleashes he should. Yeah, be. I swear. Come on, <laughs> give me the blood road here. I want to see these 
heads on a <coughs> stick. Where's Joffrey when we need him? Damn it. Yeah. Yeah. It's the one time you wish that twit was still alive, I you know. I swear, man. Oh, anyway. Uh, and, uh, they said the four, um, the four charges, incest, treason, fortification, and the murder of Robert. Um, Regicide. of course, lies, all lies. <laughs> oh, all lies. Yeah. Oh. Uh, you see him, Caber? Of course. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, he's heifer. Yeah, I like how slick he is. I mean, like you say, the burden of proof on some of these is super sketchy. Yeah. On all of them, really, you know. Well, there's no proof of incest. Fortification, yes, you have a witness. Well, okay, um, here, here's the thing: proof of incest. I'm not sure they're actually even talking about her and Jamie in this. I think they're more or less talking about her and, and Lancel. Okay. That's her cousin. I, I'll give you that because yeah, because they are related. So yeah, but that's also fornication. Yeah, that's, that's two of the charges. Adultery, basically. The, the treason. Treason uh, is going to be the. Well, I think adultery while you're married to the king is treasonous, treason. and the murder of Robert because plot, plot to murder. Yeah. yeah. So it's really like Lancel is all four charges. He could be. Like yeah, I said, I don't know what the incest is. Just he's he's the proof of of most everything. And really, he's the he could be the proof of Jamie too, you yeah. know, because he'd be aware. Yeah. Um, Reek walks in, gives old Sansa some food, and she's not happy again. I like how she's waiting on him, though. Yeah, yeah, and uh, he comes in, you know, why, why, you know, and then he lets her know that you know there is no escape. He knows all, you know. The, I tried, and he cut parts of me away, and she's like, "Good, I've done it too, you <laughs> bastard." <laughs> <laughs> I'd have cut you all up too. Yeah, I like I like this Sansa. I like this Sansa. Yeah, you know, you know forceful. Yeah, you know, you know. Hey, you did it dawn on you that she was like an inch taller than he was in that scene? An inch. Yeah, it a was, foot. Yeah, she's a beastly right there. She's tall girl. Yeah. She's up there. And uh, well, then he spills the beans that he didn't actually kill her brothers. I think that uh, definitely changed some things. What do you what do you think that means to her though? Like what what can she do with that information? Well, here's the, here's the thing. The part that were that hurt me about the situation was this: he didn't he told her that, okay, but he didn't tell her in a manner that encouraged her to change her mind. Does that make sense? No. Um, like he's like, I couldn't find him. I just took two farm boys. It wasn't like if he was like. I didn't want to do it, so I found two replacements. You know what I'm saying? There was two different ways you could have said that that would encourage but, the difference. Like, I saved them and burned two farmed hands versus I couldn't find them, so these two did. So my intentions were always to burn and kill them. You know what I'm saying? That's, but I think, that part bothered me. I think he's just telling the truth. I mean, he would have. but in that situation, you know, I don't know. Nah, I think he's too beaten down to try to tell lies. To trivialize it. I got you. Well, you know, that, that was part of it. You know, it didn't, but she seemed like she was stunned by it a little bit and maybe carried a, you know, a little I think she was encouraged, it. you know, with some hope. That, yeah, and, she was and, like, where'd they go? Do you know where they went? You know, and he yeah. he bails them the room, you know. Um, well, not to mention, they are the two surviving sons and heirs to Winterfell. Brian. Yeah, I mean, whichever one you can find alive, if any, are the Lord of Winterfell. Yeah, legitimately, legitimate. Yeah, you know. <clears throat> well, speaking of Lord Winterfell, uh, Roos 
they're sitting at the table with all his, uh, I guess, his advisors and his son, Ramsey, and they talk about how their position is fortified. We have food. They can stay out there and freeze to death and so on. And then Ramsey kind of throws a right hook and says, you know, I say we attack them. You know, don't let them dictate the war, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, well, that's a good ruler, a good leader. You know, doesn't give up a, a, a better defensive position. position. Yep. He's like, well, I didn't say take everybody. He just give me 20 good men. I don't know. I don't what, know. You know, is he just trying to stir up the fire there or what? You well, know, the thing of it is, is he, as sick as he is, he's a pretty cunning, cute, you know, cunning dude. You know, so, and the fact is, he's a damn good liar and, you know, really sneaky guy. So, if he's talking about just taking 20 good men, I mean, I have no idea what his plan is, but I could assume it's probably something like infiltrate the camp. You know, what if he just goes out there and says, oh, we're northerners here to join the fight, you know, but gets in there and starts cutting throats or, you know, offering stuff like, Hey, you, you know, you side with us, you, you get a warm meal. Theory? You ready for my theory? You ready for this? Let's do it. This could be completely out of the book. Who knows? Whatever like that. But could Ramsey go to the level of going over there with 20 men and joining Stannis, letting, giving Roos, you know, to go and kill his father because his dad is impregnant in the world and da, 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 da. And this is his way of saying, well, hey, I'm going to get you in there, but you're going to let me be the the leader of Winterfell under your rule. I mean, I'm my dad. I get him out. I mean, I couldn't put it past him. I really could. Uh, well, it's a stretch. I think it's a stretch, but... Could be a trippy twist. I, I think the fact that Fat Walt is pregnant is going to play a role. I like where your head's at. You know, yeah, he doesn't like give. it. He doesn't like it. And I think Sansa's kind of picking at that too, you know, like the last episode. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. So, I either think Ramsey's going to use it, or I think Sansa's going to use it. You know, whether she attempts to frame him for her murder or something like that, you know, which would be cool. You know, I mean, what's Sansa going to do with that corkscrew or whatever she's got? So, true. I don't know. I'm looking. I'm really. This has become more intriguing. I really hope, 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 hope that we get the Winterfell battle or whatever it's going to be, you know, by the end of the season. Yeah. Worst nightmare theory? Sansa pregnant. Uh, well, would, I mean, he's visiting her every night. I can't imagine. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's very possible. Very um, creepy. Yeah, but I see her drinking some the tansy tea quick. <laughs> Milk of the poppy. Yes. <laughs> um, Danny and Tyrion drinking wine alone in a room. Did you did you catch that? Didn't uh, no guard, no nothing. I'm sure a guard's literally just not in view. A whisper away. <clears throat> um, great dialogue going back and forth. They talk about each one of their fathers and their stories and compare. The really Mad cool. King earned his name. Two bad kids of bad fathers. Or exactly. Uh, it was really, really cool, you know. And they talk about Varys and, you know, she's like, well, I can't trust him. But I was like, well, you need to. He's part of the reason you're alive and where you are and he has to do other things and he's the reason I'm here. And, and trust his brother. He said it's the only two guys he really trusts is Varys and his brother. I guess he's unaware that Jamie wants to cut him in half as soon as he sees him. But 
I don't know. So I kind of thought that was a little. Come in through him. Yeah. yeah, I guess his brother's always been there for him and always protected him. And right. so I guess that's understandable, but it's hard to see it, you know, when you know Jamie's side too, you know. Yeah. Well, you know, his, Jamie, I don't think really realized he was going to go up there and kill Ty when, when he got him free. So, I mean, I think that was, uh, you know, not something that was expected. So. But possible Tyrion downfall yeah. is um, trusting Jamie. Love the line where she's, you know, he's like, well, the wheel of the, all these families they go round and round, crushing the small people like that. And she says, I'm not going to stop the wheel. I'm going to destroy it. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to break the wheel. And I, but, you know, I thought um, Tyrion had a great point of, you know, why are you worried about the Iron Throne? You are where you are. You're, you're doing great things. What's the point of having the Iron Throne and Westeros and can you control everything from that one spot and you know uh, I thought he had some valid point there yeah I mean surprising to hear him say you know why not just stay here you're doing the most good over here probably you know helping in Slaver's Bay but I mean who's to say she wants the Iron Throne necessarily you know well, she I know that was her it sound like she's gonna own it well I mean I know that was her brother's you know, dream and goal was to take the Iron Throne back, but if you if you look what she says about the families in Westeros, the first one she names is Targaryen, and she goes around totally. You know, I mean Tyrell, Lannister, all them. She's going to crush, break the wheel, or whatever, including the Targaryens. So I don't know. I guess I kind of have a a hope maybe that she doesn't really give a damn about the throne and mainly just wants to maybe even free all the Seven Kingdoms again from a central ruler you know that's a pipe dream i mean even in today's society just like then you're always going to have factions you're always going to have a leading group you're always going to have a positive and a negative the idea of a a unilateral equal world is just not realistic yeah but i mean the thing of it is is do you think like the starks who have already the northerners who only you know, say King of the North, you know, that's who they'll follow. And the name is Stark. Like, even if she comes over, do you think they would just immediately kneel, you know what I mean, to her? No. Exactly. So, so what are we looking at? We're looking at when she comes in and say, whatever, she sweeps through King's Landing, lights them afire, whatever, starts taking it. But then she's going to turn her sights on the North, too, you know? People we care about, you know, we consider the good guys are going to get just as torched because they're not going to just kneel to their, you know, her rule either. Because they've pretty much made the decision, you know, y'all can have the South, but don't cross the Northern line, you know? So, I don't know. I, I hope to not see Danny attacking the North at some point. You know what I mean? I don't ever see it, but I think we're so far away from that. And if we only have two more seasons, it ain't happening. And to tell you the truth, I mean, a lot of this stuff seems really silly and menial when you know what's coming, you know? Yeah. I mean, all those little things with Cersei and a jail cell and stuff like that. It's like, really? Who gives a shit? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, it's fun to watch, you know? When there's a 100,000 army of the dead led by... We'll get to that. (laughs) Uh, Again, Cersei's visited with the the big woman with the lail. Confess! You know, and continues bargaining, and instead she gets a good swat across the face, and she pours the water on the floor. And you see Cersei kneel down and start drinking the floor. You know, yeah. Um, you know, there had to be a, a 
a good few hundred thousand people who were applauding in their living room as they're watching this. I was one of them. <laughs> so that was pretty neat. Um, Gilly's treating the beat up Sam, but a happy Sam. Um, you yeah, know, it's that uh, post sex shame yeah. that so many have felt. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ollie walks in with some food. You're a good lad, you know, and uh, questions. Uh, you know, John's motive to Sam, you know, do you think it's a good idea? He murdered my whole family, slaughtered them, da-da-da-da. You know, and Sam's like, you have to believe, you have to go with that, and so on. Uh, I felt like there was alternative motives here by Ollie. You know, I think he was re- reporting uh, back to someone. I think there's something going on. Uh, I don't know. I might be looking into it, but it, it was too direct <sighs> to me. I don't know. I look at it like you could take Sam's words two ways. It's like he's making a tough decision that it's hard for anybody to understand, but you got to realize it's the right decision. So what does Ollie take that as? You know, is that, okay, John's doing this, or is the decision I want to make hard to understand, but it's the right decision? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I yeah, mean, like that's what I was getting at. I think you're right. I think it motivated Ollie to make a hard decision that he thought was right. And what is that hard decision he's been to make? I don't know. Or is it even his decision? You know, or maybe it's just dialogue to to inform other like Thorne's decision or something like that. Yeah. I I got a big theory about that at the end too. Okay. <laughs> um, so uh John sails up to Hard Home. Uh everybody's kinda walking up and staring at him pretty good, giving him what a great visual. Oh, I mean, was awesome. it not awesome? This set and the everything. And the fact that it was real. And they yeah. built that whole damn thing. Yeah. So I did awesome. some homework on this scene today. And um, it took them about an average scene they shoot, anything, fight, and everything like that, could take anywhere from two to three days, depending on the, you know, the sets are already built, the whole nine yards. This, cell, this set and everything was all built. There was over there was over 500 extras, 50 stuntmen, and, you know, kit and the whole nine yards. Um this entire deal took over a month. This whole him sailing up, up to the fight scene, the whole night, over a month, because they could only film for short periods of time every day. It's probably cold as hell. And that, get this. Every bit of that fight scene had to be done three times. So they could, and each time was done with um, a a person who was just a choreographer who was wearing a green suit so you couldn't see him. The second one was like the actual dead, makeup-up bad guy. And then the third one was nothing. You were just swinging and imagining it was there. And so every one of those he had to do for a few times. Repeat it. Take it a day times. away, come back and do it again. Take it a day away, do yeah. it again. For over over 30 days. Impressive. Yeah, yeah and you got to imagine because they're doing single camera to multiple camera it's like, all right, well, we've got to do the same thing. We've got to set the camera over here. And, ugh, man, I can imagine. But here's you see little, how much it paid off. Here's another tidbit. That scene was the largest budget scene in Game of Thrones history. It was also by far the most CG of any Game of Thrones episode. Over two-thirds of the entire scene of Hard Home was all CG. Two-thirds. Which is hard to believe because so much <clears throat> of it was perfect. Believe, believe it or not, they said the the parts where you see where like there was like little huts and the wall and all that stuff were built. Everything else was fake. 
Yeah, I know the backgrounds are fake. Yeah, I mean, but, most but of I the know boats, they built that set. Mo- all the clouds, most of every single one of the um, White Walkers and all that stuff. You know, over three fourths of them were CG. Everything. Yeah, because <clears> the that little short documentary they did before the season started about like in a day in the life, yeah. and a lot of it was focused on hard home and then building that set. Right. And stuff. Well, we'll get to that in a minute. Um, so he walks up, and of course. Um, you know, they get met by, oh, what's his name? Lord Bones? Lord Bones. Rattleshirt. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, we hadn't seen him in a while. And he's like, you know, you're, you're a traitor. You're a bastard. You're, you're carrying a crow. <laughs> he gets done to you. Suck his cock. <laughs> yeah. And so he pulls his own weapon out and beats the ever-living shit out of him. And you're saying he's dead. Oh, he's beat to death. No doubt. <clears throat> and then <laughs> he goes... Now gather the people so we can talk. <laughs> After he beats Let's you. talk. <laughs> yeah. Gather them so we can talk. <laughs> I love this guy, man. Tormund is fantastic. I mean, he is quintessential badass. He has replaced, you know, uh, the Hound. I mean, I hope we see more and more of him in that kind of retrospect. You know, him and Braun have stepped up to that, in those plates of just being ultimate fighters right now. Yeah, because he's kind of got a, a you know, a, a comic relief and just badass oh, to yeah. boot, you know. Ginger McAngry is legit. Yeah, I love it. I love it. <laughs> He's, He's fantastic. Bad the phone, man. <laughs> I love it. Anyway, um, so again, uh, they have a meeting. John's in there making the pitch, talking about how you know. And they go back and forth. Well, you know, my sister'd spit on me if I eat with a crow and. You know, but he's making the right pitches. You know, he's letting them know, you know, I'm not here. We've been fighting each other. I'm not asking you to forget your dead. I'm not going to forget the 50 that I lost when y'all attacked us. And, you know, you have to realize that we're going to have to join or we're all going to die. You know, that's the only chance we got. And, and then, you know, like you said, he, uh, he comes through and says, you, you know, like, what's that? That girl's on Pitch Perfect too, which is kind of a hard really? relation. Yeah, the, the female actor, the leader. You know, the one that puts her mm. two kids in the boat. Yeah. She was, uh, she's one of the singers on Pitch Perfect. Go figure. Hey, uh, she did a great job. Hey, she did awesome. Yeah, I was a fan. And I love the little callback. I fucking hate thins, you know, because <laughs> yeah. exactly what Tormund said, you know, earlier in the season. Yeah. And uh, I thought this was excellent. And I love that 1-1 one, one is there. 1-1's one, the giant. And now, Is he the last one? No, no, he's not the last one, but... He is in the books. Specifically, 1-1 one, one is in the books. So, I'm super happy they put him in it. Absolutely love the line where he looks at him and goes, what are you fucking looking at? You know? <laughs> you looking at? <laughs> but in his, in his giant tongue, you yeah. know, it's like, <laughs> Dollar says, it's like, uh, you can keep that glass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it was th- this whole sequence, really well written, amazing characters. Good dialogue. I didn't think the girl would be able to pull it off, but she did. That was great. You know, I thought that was really, really good. Um, you know, I was and really, really impressed. There's a lot of little book tidbits, little Easter eggs and stuff. You saw the little clan of people with their face like smeared white, like ash and stuff. You know, they kind of panned around the room, so you could kind of see because there's people like the Hornfoots and things like that. That remember Mance was talking about how he brought them all together, right? You kind of get little glimpses of what each clan kind of looks like, you know, because they're all different. I mean, the thins are easy to spot because they got the bald heads with the scars on them and stuff like that. But uh, to spot the rest of the clans is a little more difficult, and it's kind of cool. You know, yeah. I like it. I like the little Easter eggs. <clears throat> so, of course, like you said, she agrees, but the thins say no. 
you know, and not just the thin say no. I mean, he inspires. It looks like many people to side on his side as well. Right. So I'd it looks it, like it's a fifty-fifty break at least. Shit, be honest with you. When they talk about they got five thousand on the boats and they're leaving too many behind, shit, I'd say there's at least what do you think fifty thousand out there? It's possible. So I think I don't know. It was, I think it's it was like hard a, to tell. You know, it was hard to tell. But when you see <clears> the, how many people are outside the gates of Hard Home when the attack happens or whatever, I mean that's a shitload of people. Yeah. So I'd say the split's more like seventy thirty. 80-20. Well, you heard Torment. He's like, well, they're going to come around because there ain't nothing to hunt here. There ain't nothing yeah, there's to survive no on. resources. Yeah, you know. they're gone. So, <clears throat> and then all of a sudden, you know, you, you kind of see the storm brewing. The clouds come over, and I'm like, oh hell yeah! Well, I, what you think? And, is you know, a I cloud. wasn't expecting a battle. I what I was expecting to see them kind of line up on the cliff, and everybody realize it's time to get the hell out of here. You know, instead, no. Nah. Storm comes down, and the best fight sequence, in my opinion, of Game of Thrones begins. Man, yeah, this the is clouds so come good. over. The guy closes the gate. Now, this was a little thin for me. You know, have all these people beating at the gate. Let me in. Let me in. All of a sudden, you see the cloud rise, and then within seconds, they're quiet. And then you, you look out, and there's nothing. And then immediately, they're all attacking again. It was it was kind of fast to me. I thought it was eerily awesome, you know. I don't know that we've seen a hundred percent of the powers that these guys have, you know. Right. Um, yeah, really for cool. All you know, you get into that cloud, turns you. Well, it could be like the mist. Yeah, the when mist. the cloud gets on you. Yeah, you know, you're in deep shit. <laughs> yeah, you're done. But you know, there's a really cool callback to with the ice spiders. Um, you hear the uh, the thin say it. You know, of all the myths or whatever like that. Yeah, I also heard there was, you know, dog-sized ice spiders or whatever. And that's a myth in the books as well. Huh, you okay. know, but that's, it's there. Okay, you don't you don't really see it. There's an ice bear, like a legit huge grizzly bear that's turned. Um, wow. It's in a fight. And that's really cool. I wish that was actually in there. That would have been badass. But, so I don't think we've seen necessarily the extent of what they're capable of. But I tell you what, man, when you see that people start in the front of the line, starting to turn and scream and you realize what's happening and then they shut the gates on them and then it's just scream and scream, scream, beating on the gate. And then just ah, quiet, man, it was wicked. eerie, man. Eerie. It was so wicked. And then they start tearing at the wood and cutting mm-hmm. through it and stuff. And, oh man, I'm not, I'm not going to say that that was the people that, immediately turned because those people were skeletons and oh, yeah, barely yeah, any meat yeah, on yeah, them you know were, i mean just like at the, you know the end battle when you see how that yeah. worked uh yeah I'm, I'm with you there i think yeah. it just got killed and taken immediately absolutely and, and this is just the raid coming from the hill mm-hmm. um so of course you see them tearing through the wood and kind of scurry under it and homeboys crushes the head of that one and they're shooting these arrows. I mean, how about they're shooting these arrows in little bitty holes through the lumber? You know, it was pretty, you know, Well, you actually do. I think they've made a pretty good, you know, they've done a pretty good job of showing you how accurate their archers are. I mean, you look at like Ingrid. Yeah, deadly. Ingrid, I'm sorry. Uh, you know, they're deadly accurate because they're hunters and, you know, this is what they survive on. And, you know, they're not really the best with swords and armor and things right, like hunting that hunting weapons yeah right but hunter gatherer weapon you know stuff like that they they crush with it 
of course, you know, they were showing them, they were hitting these jokers. Well, and doing it wasn't shit. necessarily killing them. It was just knocking them down. Knocking them off the walls or yeah, just incapacitating so for a second, you know. Yeah, it was just basically delaying. Um, yeah, it looks like you have to pretty much destroy their head, like completely, if you want to, I guess, decapitate them. No, because we saw a decapitated one kill Jojen. It just felt around and then stabbed him in the chest a bunch of times. So you got to destroy the head. From what I can tell, yeah, I mean they're useless almost from that point like that. But uh, yeah, it was oh, man, it was just all the lighting was right and it was creepy. And as they're coming over, it was like right at dusk. You knew you they know? were CG, but they were done right. I was really but impressed. The thing of it is, is they mixed in enough. Oh yeah, practical like live action, yeah, and live action people that. And be honest with you, the CG was perfect. Yeah, it was really, really good. It was so good. The part you knew it was really, really good is when Chick looks at the girl and looks at the kids. Those kids <sighs> were like, my wife's like, oh hell no. You yeah, know, like everybody was frozen. I, my mouth was on the ground. I was like, no. An awesome callback. That's the little girl from the first episode. Really? Yep. One of the little girls in there was the first girl. It's awesome. You, you have to re- you have to look for it, and it's like, holy shit, that's her! Wow, yeah. yeah, it was that was unreal, you know. And of course, she gets taken by him immediately, and yeah, I don't know. What do you think about that? I mean, did you have a problem with her not being able to raise her sword at all against? No, her? I mean, my wife told me she's like, well, was one of those her children, no, or her cousins, or little brothers, or something like that, possibly. I think just, you know, they did a good job of showing that she cares about her kids and it was important that I'm they were I'm going to tell you safe. right now, as soon as she put her two daughters on the boat and said, I'll be behind you, I, I knew she was dead. Yeah, she said, I promise I'll be there. I'm I like, knew she was oh. dead. I was like, that is like the most generic line you can use for somebody who's not going to make it. Yeah, and then, you know, she also had the line with, with John saying, you know, promise me they're going to be safe or promise me they're going to let them through the wall when they get there. Yeah, and that he needs like to be there. It. He has to be there to make sure they get through. Yeah, it was you know so it was a setup. But man, once again, she did an excellent job. She did. I mean, just fantastic. She did really good. I was I was thoroughly impressed, and the fighting scenes look authentic. Like he when you like Tormund, he wasn't dancing around, knocking heads off like that. He was like having to get physical, throw a sword, pull it out of somebody, barely oh, yeah. get the next one. You know what I'm talking about? There was one little scene where you saw John kind of whip his sword around, like oh lay it and take a guy out, and it keeps running. You could tell it was complete CG because he was swinging at air. But well, other than that, everything was money in the bank. But it was so cool though because that was a continuous camera shot. It was where it was just moving, and he just felt like I was. I felt like I was watching Children of the Corn the way the camera work was going. You know, amazing director. It was. Which, by the way, I did find out Children of the Corn is the same guy who did Gravity. Oh really? Yeah, same director. Go figure. Little shout out. Um, And so yeah, the cinematography was fantastic right there. Oh, I just loved it. You know, everybody was fighting. You know, if you go back and rewind, you don't catch somebody doing like the old Braveheart where they're going. Yeah, just those, with sticks. Yeah, just with sticks. Like, I'm fighting, I'm fighting. Tiddly winks. Yeah, don't hurt me. You know, <laughs> you know everything looked like they yeah. were full-fledged yeah. and, you know, really into it. It was impressive. Um, and then, they got, you know, they decide to go for the dragon glass at the hut. They go in there. Before they get there, the the giant comes out, you know. This awesome. Guy, I mean. Just tearing him oh, off his back. Yeah, tearing him off the back. Them. You know, crushing him as he walks. <laughs> yeah. You know, getting his big stick out. You know what's going through my mind? And a ton of feedback from everywhere I was reading and the ones we got was is that we're all doomed if he turns into a White Walker. Yeah. 
I mean, what yeah. do you do to him? You know. Nothing. Yeah. Uh, kiss your ass goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> and who's to say he didn't just walk out to the boats and tear them apart? <laughs> yeah. I was like, son. Yeah. Uh, man, I think the giant steals the show. I ain't oh, gonna yeah. lie. He yeah. absolutely. A CG character steals the show. You know, and it's fantastic, man. It's so well done. You, you, you have that, like, you know, anxiety because you're like, please don't turn the giant. Please don't yeah, turn the giant. Make him live. Got to have yeah. him on our side. You know? And every time they're crawling up him and stuff like that, and you're just like, damn it, get off, you know? Yeah, I'm afraid uh, one of them's going to get him, and he just finally kind of, like, falls and becomes succumbed to the amount of them. But yeah. no, he holds on, baby. Man. And realistically, he's the reason they escape. Because he oh, stops yeah. and clears the way yeah. with his stick. You yeah. Know? And, uh, and then obviously, you know, like you were saying, he comes out of the hut and then John and the Thin get in there and awesome, awesome scene of oh, the White yeah. Walker making his presence. Yeah. Now, what is the difference in a, you know, there's a, these, these, white, these dead and then there's that one that had the white faces. What, do they have a different name, a title? White Walker and Whites. And Whites. So that's the, the one who, Army of the Dead is Whites. The White Walkers are the ones who shatter every blade and stuff like that. The ones that killed the Thin. And you saw, obviously, the first glimpse of the Night's King. And, you know, it was kind of a cool scene, too, where John looks up on the ridge on the cliff. And you see, it looks like the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse, basically. Yeah, really. And Yeah, these dead horses, yeah. Right. And... And I don't think there's necessarily any other hierarchy other than Night's King, who's a White Walker. He just kind of rules over everything, I think. All of them. Mm-hmm. And the other White Walkers are probably just on their own. It's like Night's King, White Walker Generals, and then the Whites. You know. Alright, so the ones that are the White Walkers, the full white one that can break weapons and, you know, John battles. Yeah, and stuff super like that, powerful. Are those created or are those turned people? Is that like when they remember that? No, they're not turned baby, people. and they turn it right. See, remember that their their big thing was with Craster's kids, right? And obviously, they got the baby, and you see him turn it for the first time. That's totally something new. We never heard it in the books or nothing. So, I'm gonna assume that's all turned humans, not killed people, right? They're not, and you can not reanimated dead, and you can really assume a lot of them are Craster's children, you know. Because he got rid of all boys, so and like I said, yeah, I don't know how old these guys are. I mean, they've been they're around for thousands crusty. of years, you know. Yeah. So, but they're beholden to winter and things like that. So it's like, but yeah. Anyway, he makes his awesome interest entrance into the hut, you know, between some flames. And oh yeah, it was it was it was surreal. It was and, awesome. So of cool. course he starts fighting the thin. And it doesn't take him three seconds to take that big axe of his and turn it to dust and spear him, and he's done. He's skewered. Yeah, and this... The Thins with their axes, it's just too slow and, and well, it's like bulky. A, and it's it's an all-or-none weapon. You hit him with the first one, great. You don't... There you yeah, go. you better be learning to dance be, away from other counter Yeah, you better pull your blade, your secondary. You know? Yeah. Um, I didn't get that either, yeah. But him, shit, he dispatches the Thin... Quite quickly, yeah, no problem. Uh, and, and then, then turn the side on John, ass whipped, yeah. I mean, <laughs> level but, to level, getting thrown, kicked. But oddly, like. he's playing with John, 
and not hitting him with the sharp end. He's hitting him with the blunt end of his blade, and he's punching him and throwing him around. And yeah, he kicks him from the second floor and right. lands, and you see him lose his breath. And that. and that man, that was great, great because he really looked like he knocked the wind out of him. He's like yeah, puffing, he's holding his arm, puffing dirt he, out and blood out of his mouth, and uh, oh, it was fantastic. Yeah, it was good stuff. Um, goes out there, grabs his sword, and. Uh, they're doing. They're going back and forth, and all of a sudden, the sword stops the mm-hmm. his weapon. It doesn't shatter, and then there was that second of aha, uh-huh. and you know, and the bad guy kind of looks at him like, "What the?" And then, yeah. not two moves later, he turns to shattered glass, you know, yeah. or ice or whatever it was when John takes yeah, him it's out. Yeah, just shattered ice. So you know, Valerian steel and dragon glass will kill him. Right, and there was some feedback that's got some questions about that, and so I'm, I'm looking forward to talking. I'm gonna save that question and conversation okay. about that then. Um, so then they're like, John's like, "Oh, we got to get dragon glasses." They're like, "We no, we got to get the hell out of here." And this is where the cool—I mean, one of my favorite parts—you just see the swarm of these dead bodies oh, come the, over the cliff. <laughs> the World War and Z fall. moment, yeah, yeah, and just fall. And you're like, okay, did it just? kill them off and then all of a sudden all the heads pop just up pop and up. take off and like oh yes yes so everybody just takes off and this is when the you know the, the giant does his business of cleaning house you know it's like <laughs> it's uh, best golf window moves. W- window washer <laughs> back and forth and taking them out um peeling them off as it goes it was was it ironic that there was a boat or two waiting no because he told him to bring one back or bring a couple back really yeah. And, you know, I mean, it doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Convenient, a little, but yes. Yeah, but if you're aware that they're not going to come into the water, you know, you're not in too much danger. Yeah, that's true. You, know, you could always just paddle away if it's looking too rough. Yeah. You know. John, love you, man, but, you know, got to go. <laughs> Peace. <laughs> Holla. <laughs> you know. Uh, and then this, it's not even over. You know, the the king comes down there. He's right there at the docks. And he shows his real strength. He raises his arms. And everybody they just slaughtered now is part of the army. Yeah. And so realistically, anybody and everybody they thought they had done anything, really, they just became that much stronger and more prominent force. It's pretty much this is what we do. Yeah. You know. Yeah, you killed some of us. But very few. You're mainly on the run. But everyone we killed is, is now us. a part of us. You know, yeah, we gain numbers, and you constantly lose. Yeah, and everybody you lose, we gain. Yeah, there's really no victory. It's like you just got away with your skin this time. And to be honest with you, when first off, fantastically badass scene when he walks all across the deck. You know, and they pan up to him, and. Excellent practical effects on this guy. Oh, yeah. He looks fantastic. He looks steel. I mean, his and crown is part of his skull. Yeah, know? yeah. Just the little glass spikes looks like it's coming out yeah. of his head. And when he raises his arms up, I was like, hold up. Is he about to, like, freeze the lake over here? Or oh. is, a, is a kraken about to pop up? Yeah. <laughs> Take the boat. A kraken. Because he kind of looks over to the left. Like, they're just kind of looking at that, you know, kind of cliffside, you know, over the water and stuff. And I'm like, is he about to control the weather? Like, is, was he moving that cloud or something? Yeah. But then you just realize, oh, he's just raising all the dead. Good John's expression. Doesn't say anything, but you can, great acting. Guy does, you can see that I got away, but I'm realizing this is 
on odd that we could not yeah, defeat. It's insurmountable. Yeah, you know, it's, it's just you know, it's an uphill battle you'll never win. You know? Yeah. And I love the you know, the writing or the directorial decision to really just drag that scene where they constantly flip back and forth to him looking at John and John looking at yeah, him. Yeah, stare down and realizing and who's superior. See the boat just kind of barely moving out ashore, you know. I mean, they drug that on for a good 30 seconds, you know. You know and he watched John take out, dispatch one of his guys. Right. It's almost like, you know. Maybe a little mutual respect type mutual of deal. Mutual respect or, you know, like he's, there's a worthy adversary, but I'm going to show you why I'm going to win. You know, yeah, almost like a, a gloating, yeah, in a exactly. way. Exactly. Yeah, you you killed one. Yeah, I just gained twenty thousand. Yeah. So so we know John has about five thousand on the boats. Yeah. Which is fantastic compared to what he did have. Right. Um. Yeah, was, you know, it was <clears throat> it was awesome, awesome, awesome. You know, I was just oh, fantastic. The um. You know, of course, creepy as hell. The girl comes back alive with her blue eyes and yeah. all those people. And you, know, you hate that, but it was just amazing. And you go, know, she's going to have a callback. Her daughters, you know, wherever they're going to be, you know, somehow she's going to pop up and they're going to see her. Yeah, you hope. There ain't no doubt. Because, you know, the way they climb those wooden walls, those skeleton, da da da. I don't see how the uh, the the wall of the ca- Black Castle Black is going to be that much more difficult for them to climb up. It might take them longer, but I mean, it's nine hundred feet. I mean, it's quite a bit of climbing. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, you know, and and there's cool stuff in the books too. And they talked about it in the in the show just a tad bit about how the wall kind of protects itself. You know, we saw that when the wildings were climbing, and all of a sudden, just a chunk broke loose and dropped some of them, and. And things like that. So I think that the wall is, you know, it's magical and, you know, wants these guys to stay on this side. So. Yeah, it's like nature's way of keeping balance. Yeah, in a way. Yeah. <clears throat> it rolls credits and that was in the episode. And uh, when I got done pumping my fist of excitement, um, I finally decided to watch the preview for the next episode. But um, the best episode this season. Top two, top three episodes all time of the whole series. Maybe the best episode. I mean, I looked in. I looked into it. You know where I really loved certain episodes, whether it be Baylor or Blackwater, or and that was watches the ended. Red wedding. Uh, the red wedding. I gotta yeah. be honest. I think. I think everything, not just the hard home battle, but Tyrion and Danny seeing Cersei brought low. Yeah. You know, all that stuff combined. Here's the one thing that gives it a, why it's the best episode. It is the one episode where if you were going to say good versus evil, there was nobody bad winning in my mind. Don't get wrong. The White Walkers defeated John like that, but John still won. He learned... He gained the people. He saved people. So that's a victory for what he was trying to do. He nobody was expecting the battle. You go back to you know, uh, you know, Castle Black attack. We lose characters. You know, people die defending a place. Great episode, but you know. But do you really care about either one of those sides? Did you care that Stannis would have won, or did you care if the Lannisters would have 
protected that side. Yeah. You didn't you don't love either side. You just cared about Tyrion. Right, exactly. And then, you know, and Tywin comes in and saves the day and you're like, well, what's bullshit? You know, he you know, he takes credit for what he did and so it it defeats a lot of that. The hound trying to kill him, you know, and Pod helps save him. I mean That's not the hound. No, I'm talking about like when Tyrion was outside trying to fight, you know, and Pod saves him from a couple people. Yeah, but it's not the Hound. Yeah, I know. But, but I mean, like, there was a lot of other things going on in those episodes that hurt your fist-pumping parts of it, you know, where this one, you're rooting for one side all the way, you know, and there's just great new action, new characters, new things. It was, it was fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I could see that, I guess, but... I'm not going to take anything away from those episodes. They were just fantastic. Yeah, they were I wonderful. Mean, monumental episodes of those seasons. There's I think there. they just got. I think they're just so well seasoned now. You know, five seasons in, that they have got the CG. They've got the choreography. They the knew budget. where to put the budget. The budget, yes. You know, because a lot of people were there wasn't much this season so far. You know, no, there's a there's a lot, a lot of, build of up to this. A lot of just dialogue and play around and. You know, just moving plots, you know, methodically along. And you're like, where are they spending the budget? You know, we got one good dragon scene. That was awesome. But, man, now you really see, and judging by some of the previews of the rest of the season, they saved it for the last three. You know, all the budget. Yeah, man. Talk about a bar to try to meet for the next episode. Yeah. I'm afraid they're going to do more setup next one to kind of bring it back down. And then episode 10 is going to bring it back up. I don't think so. You think they're going to keep I think they're going to go balls to the wall the rest of the way out. Very possible. You know, 10 to me is normally the lower, you know, the slow down episode where they kind of just okay, give you the setting of where it's here's going Here's the next chess year. board. Here's this and this. This piece is here now. This piece is here right, now. Right. I get you. I get you. Um, I guess, well, if we're going to do, we might as well do it. We do it every year because best and worst. We both agree the worst part is we could have said that they didn't really do a good job of explaining what that guy's job was. Yeah, the thin man. And um, that probably be the, <laughs> that is the thinnest worst part I have ever, uh, you know, it's yeah by far the thinnest we've ever had. Um, uh, best part, I mean, is there a doubt? I mean, no. it's hard home. Hard it's home, a, the fight it's, sequence from it's start to finish. A 20 minute scene. And yeah. I'm counting from when they arrive through the battle and everything because I truly enjoyed the, the oh. hut scene where they're oh, debating well, and beats the crap out of Lord Bones. Then the, the conversation where he pitches it and it's realistic based on their backgrounds this conversation yeah. how it should go it's fantastic and then of course it was more realistic that one says no one says yes excuse me um and then it was just everything and then you know they were complaining there wasn't enough people they were talking about getting people on the boat you know and then all of a sudden the storm hits and out of nowhere they come and attack and and it's just it was really 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 well done Mm -hmm. applaud D&D applaud Spotchnik applaud the whole crew it was really well done stuntmen the production the setup the CG work was a phenomenal uh, really kudos to you guys best best part of a show by far bar none oh like I said I've debated over it in my head I think this is my favorite episode yep um Bro, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a forego. Uh, we didn't have any really farewells. We could say Lord Bone, ain't worth that. Um, 
I say, you know, we're we're right in an hour, so that's we forego recommendations and call it a wrap. Move into the second part of this. Are you good with that? Uh, is there any non-spoiler feedback you want to get into? Yeah, let's let's. Oh yeah, that's happy you said that. I got some <clears throat> good stuff here. Several. Um, let's go here. First of all, there's most a lot of these comments came in. John said this episode was better than the last seven episodes combined. <laughs> so that was good. Best said best episode since Blackwater. All right. Uh, Vicky says this was the best battle scene I've ever seen on TV. The look on John's face upon the realization of how they gained new soldiers was mesmerizing. He went through all the range of emotions without saying a word. Great job, Game of Thrones. Um, Colin says uh, that was insane. Best episode since Red Wedding. Another comparison. Yep. Um, Zach, did you, uh, Zach, Jack, did y'all see the King Arthur thing going on with Jon Snow? Um uh, his sword can kill White Walkers, i.e. Excalibur. He's in the pursuit, most honorable character on the show. He is a bastard, just like Arthur was a common squire. As the Arthur uh, legend goes, only the pure heart can remove the sword from the stone and thus become king. In effect, Jon Snow possesses Excalibur, thus will become king, although guessing that's what's coming in the show is a fool's game. What are y'all's thoughts on all this? Not really uh, feeling the King Arthur thing, or you know, I'm I, not gonna I see compare, the analogy, but I'm well. not going to pair Camelot to Westeros. <laughs> no. I refuse. <laughs> no, yeah, no, Colin. I mean, I, I think it's a reach, brother. Um, I mean, I think some of the comparisons are, you know, I could are there, but uh, not my favorite. No, I just, yeah, I don't think. Uh, don't going from a King Arthur perspective. Um, Jordan says amazing episode uh, I think it was one of the best ones in the series even better than Red Wedding Another one. Uh, here's a theory about John's sword I don't think it was just a particular sword that can stop a walker although I think that could be wrong the particular sword once given to Jon Snow is called Longclaw it is a sword of the house of Mormont or Jorah Mormont's house and it's made of Valerian steel this is the same steel that was in Ned Stark's store uh, sword, sorry, Ned Stark's sword. It is Arya's sword, Needle, Lady Brienne's. Wait a minute, Arya's sword's not made of Valerian steel. Yeah, I've heard this a couple times I on mean, other it's podcasts. A, it's a cast. I remember hearing that. I mean, you watch. He takes it to the blacksmith and gets it made. It's it's yeah, just a normal it's a steel cast sword. metal. I, you know, I think well, it's it just better. A steel it sword. was better than the regular stuff, but it was something better. But yeah, no, it's very nice. Yeah, it's very nice. But um, yeah, uh, Brienne's sword with Oathkeeper. Um, which was created from Ned Stark's sword and given to Jamie. Uh, Joffrey's sword, which is Widow's Whale, uh, was also created by Ned Stark's sword, uh, in which Tomlin has it. And you have Heartsbane, which is owned by Tarly's father, Samuel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's the sword of House Harrell, uh, Harwell, which is um, part of the Allies of the Greyjoy. Uh, I don't know if it's because it's Valerian Steel, but it seems like it's a likely reason. So both Valerian Steel and Dragonstone, that's Dragonglass, can kill the White Walkers. I have a theory that Valerian Steel and Dragonglass might be similarly cast originally and how they were made. Maybe the same from the same fires, or, uh, or, or they are all come from Dragon's Breath. That's how it was created. Um, maybe there was a little Dragonstone was used, or Dragon... Dragon uh, ice was uh, glass was used to in melting of the process of making Valerian steel. What are y'all's thoughts on this? I don't think you have to get too complicated on this. I mean, I think dragon glass was subsidian. It's made by volcanic 
Yeah, it's created from... It's a fire rock. Right. And then you got Valerian steel, which is supposed to be forged in dragon fire. So I think it's just two things made by the hottest of hot. Right, which would make sense considering your enemy is an ice. Right, and the fact that Valerian steel cannot be made anymore since the doom of Valeria and stuff like that kind of adds a cool lore to it that no one remembers how to create it. And maybe that the Valerians knew, you know, then. Not that they were just amazing artisans, but maybe they knew something was coming and created these. Another example of how you kept balance by having certain weapons that could defeat things that were stronger than you. Right. But so few of them. And it takes so long to fold the weapon constantly and constantly. Right, right, right. Um Luke says, Did y'all get the vibe and the foreshadowing that Jon Snow is I don't know this name. Azor Ahai? A- Azor Ahai. Azor Ahai. Reborn. The way the Night's King looked at him as he took down the White Walker was eerie, almost knowing that he was going to be a mortal enemy in an upcoming fight. I half expected him to speak to John, giving him a hint towards his identity. Okay. Azor Ahai is supposed to be Stannis. Okay, that's who Melisandre is looking for, or was looking for, and back Stannis. When you saw... Melisandre and Stannis for the first time. Remember he's burning all the uh, the gods outside Dragonstone mm-hmm. and he takes a flaming sword. You remember that? Yeah, I remember. Okay. Azor Ahai is like the one who can defeat the White Walkers. Okay, he's like the savior. All right. And Melisandre believes that's Stannis and that's why he follows her. Okay. And that's why it's like the sword in the heart, flaming heart or whatever. Okay. Azor Ahai is like the the hopeful savior. Okay. He has a crazy backstory where he had to... He created a sword and had to use like the ultimate sacrifice to make it the sword of light. Okay. So what he did was he forged it while it was burning hot still. He had to plunge it through his wife's heart. Okay? That's why it's the sword in the heart. All right? Wow. Which created the sword of light. And it's cool because in the stories or whatever like that, the sword gives off heat. Like, if you're anywhere near it, you feel the heat coming off of it. And it, like, glimmers and, like, see it kind of, like, almost moving metal, you know? It's really cool. Huh. Really cool backstory. Makes me think of Frodo's sword and, you know, like... (laughs) Yes, but way cooler than just turning blue. (laughs) Uh, Blue glow. uh, But no, Azor High is... It's most people's prediction. If it's not Stannis, then it's Jon. Gotcha. Uh, Art says, okay, something's been bugging me, guys. All week... Maybe y'all can explain this. Everyone has assumed that the handsome young man Littlefinger alludes is Lancel Lannister. I don't think this is so for a few reasons. Tell me what you think. Lancel became a sparrow before Baelish knew what happened to him. The High Sparrow talks of Lancel unburdening himself over time, not just recently, as would have happened with Littlefinger. I don't believe Littlefinger steered Lancel to the sparrows after the Blackwater and set all this up too far-fetched. Um, so if it wasn't Lancel, Little, uh, Lancel Littlefinger was talking about, then who? Some possibilities. Uh, Gendry? Is that how you pronounce it? He had to land somewhere and the fingers, Littlefinger's home, and is not too far from Dragonstone. 
uh, Ricken or Riken, who has no clue where he was taken and what will happen to him, but perhaps he and Asha, is that Osha, stumbled across the wrong people. Or Robin Aaron, maybe Littlefinger will try to marry off Robin to one of the Tyrells. Um, do you think any things are possible or even a thoughtful twist? Okay, here's my thing. I never thought it was Lancel. Okay? And not to say I have any book knowledge on this. I don't. But I agree with this guy. Um, Lancel came in and said he had already unburdened his soul to Cersei, basically. And then you see the High Sparrow talking about over time, he's, you know, yeah, he's unburdened himself with all this information yeah. and stuff. And with Littlefinger, nothing is as direct as the show may make it seem. So I thought about Gendry because he is a surviving bath the lone surviving bastard of robert okay so maybe he's some proof it's some deep digging proof just to bring some black-haired kid that looks like robert and say here's proof you know he's his bastard all these kids are obviously you know bastards too but i also like the idea of robin aaron you know because that'd be a you know, a marriage alliance between the Tyrells and the Vale, which would be two monsters, you know, teaming against somebody. But the thing of it is, is you got Marjorie, and she's the wild card because she's already queen. And anytime you go against Tommen, you're illegitimizing her as well, you know? Yeah. So if you take the crown from Tommen, you take it from Marjorie. So. It's total it's, sense, yeah. It's a lot of wishy washy. And who's, I mean, I have, honestly, I have no idea uh, what who he's for sure talking about, but I don't think it's Lancel. You know, I agree. I don't think it's Lancel either, but I think the show has put the perception that he was it. It was just convenient. Yeah, but even when Littlefinger first arrives in the town, Lancel confronts him and tells him, you know, you know, this is no place for flesh peddlers anymore. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Lancel's not kind to him in any way, you know, or, you know, willing to I even think, talk to him. But see, I think that part right there is what legitimizes that it is Lancel. It's because Littlefinger knows that he's one of the faith militant now. And now when he goes and visits Cersei and see what's going on and what's happened and sees how things are turning, he sees an opportunity um, with the Queen of Thorns to, you know, play part of the hand with just some misinformation, with some information that she can decide to use and gain curry and favor for him because he probably knows Lannisters are dwindling and her power is rising. But, I mean, how does Littlefinger do it? Does he go directly to the High Sparrow and talk to him? Because if I was Littlefinger, I would stay as far away from them as possible. Well, I think the perception is is that she tells Queen Marjorie, but then Marjorie, you don't see Marjorie, not Marjorie, you know, the uh, Queen of Thorns, tell, and she gets that information to the Sparrow. But you just don't see that. And that's what makes that scene of him un- saying, oh, well, he has spoken, and, and we pull away your gold and your wealth, you know, like that, and so on. Because if you see her talk to the Sparrow or get the information to the Sparrow, that scene doesn't have the effect of the ooh and the ah, you know, of, oh, crap, she's about to get thrown into a jail cell, too. Yeah, I just, I hope it's not that simple. I think it is. I it it very you. well could be. And I'm not saying this is, like, some huge show mistake or anything like that. No, no, I mean, 
it's it's an obvious one plus one equals two. You you just hope it was more complex, or you hope that Littlefinger has something else that's yeah. even more tantalizing than that. Absolutely, I'm kind of hoping that there's some. Yeah, you know, we're, we're, I'm hoping that Cersei thinks like she's about to get away with it. Like somehow she gets through the court process, and then boom, Littlefinger drops the hammer on her. You know, yeah, or well, whatever she thorn, you know brings yeah. out whatever heat right. gave her. Queen of Thorns and maybe she out. realizes the only person that could have get that information out was him, right? And it's yeah. the ultimate betrayal. Yeah, I mean it could be. I just yeah. I hope it's a more complicated. Yeah. Um, I thought Tyrion won Danny over a bit too easily. I mean, his brother murdered her father, and Tywin had parts and deaths of her extended family. Not buying how the show went with this part. It was quick. Um, I, I hear you there, Randall. Uh, I, I kind of agree with you, but I think for where the show is and the, and the pace it's going, I'm not saying she fully devotes him yet or fully trusts him, but I think she sees the value in his advisement and allows him to work for her. I'm not saying that like she 100% trusts him. Just as he says, I don't trust her. I only trust two people. You know, uh, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it does seem quick, but I, I think there's more to it. I don't. I think he's going to be on a leash. You know, it's not 100%. She's in his 100% favor. I, it was quick, okay, but I would say this as well. Um, Tyrion's obviously an amazing speaker, you know, and gets his point across very well. But my thing is, is when is who else has ever given her legitimate advice like he has? I mean, even from the jump, you know, just the way I he mean, handled Jorah. I mean, Barrison's getting some, and Jorah has before. But he you're got talking home. about warriors, not you know, not yeah, political all that advisors. Was, you know, war advice. You know, how to handle this, that, and so on. Right. And when Where he's and giving her advice when on how talking, to lead. Yeah, and when they're talking, he's not mincing words at all. You know, he's just giving it to her straight up, you know, at his own peril. Because no, you know that, he could say the wrong thing. is perfect because she doesn't have a counsel. Right. But he's she's never had counsel like him. No. Well, she never had a level head that thought the same way she did. Right. And he has no, like... He has nothing to gain out of it. Well, not to mention he has no power. Yeah. He could say the wrong word and she'd just be like... Lop his head off, you know, put it on a spike. Yeah. So for him to come in and legitimately not mince words and just give it to her straight, the ugly of it, you know. Tell it like it is. Yeah. I mean, she she has to take that as a very strong play. Right. You know. Right. Um, Damon, this is the last feedback I'll read. And he goes, all I have to say is that Alistair better open the fucking gate next week. (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> and uh amen to that man amen yeah, to that I'm worried. <laughs> um i'm right there with you and that's uh i got some predictions on that and we'll roll with that at the after the wrap so uh but yeah that's that's all the feedback i got on that i'm gonna put it out there we had some other ones that were real good and i appreciate y'all sending in but we're gonna kind of keep the time down um other than that bro i call a wrap and we'll get right into our preview and pre- our predictions you good with that yeah, absolutely. Just hit us up at uh, at bleedtvpodcast at gmail dot com. 
and at Bleed TV Podcast on Twitter. Absolutely. Y'all keep sending emails and tweets and stuff, and man, really, really appreciate it. Um, but we're going to play some music, and that'll be the end of the show. And like I said, we'll have a little PG spoiler section afterwards. Uh, if you don't stick around for it, we'll just see you next week. Uh, another fantastic episode. Love Game of Thrones. And uh, uh, this is Bleed TV, and I'm Zach. I'm Jake. And we're out, man. All right, we're back. Uh, man, still reeling over an amazing show. But uh, let's go right into the uh, preview breakdown. Uh, good preview. Man, the, the preview was another uh, Game of Throner. Do you uh, think situation. it was – I think it was showing a preview for both episodes. It seemed like – I was think going, it has to. Only it, two episodes left, yeah, you know. I think they were showing a lot of meat on the bone with this, this preview. I mean, it was – do you know the episode title for next week? I don't. I don't. I try not to look ahead, man. I really want. I don't want to know until the night I we're going to watch. I'm just trying to stay, trying to stay real. You know, I don't want to know anything coming up. I try to guess prediction. That's what makes it more fun for me. Um, but the preview opens up where it shows John uh, helping someone. They return to the wall, and you see Alistair at the wall. And this is where Looming. I'm like, this is where he's going to fucking tell him no. He's going to say no. It's my duty as the Night's Watch not to let you in. He's going to deny him at that door, and I'm going to be pissed. Is this your prediction? No, that's my prediction. <laughs> I'm going to be so pissed. When he shows up with 5,000 wildlings to their 50-whatever men they've got and so on, he ain't going to open that gate. Well, 1-1 uh, is with him, and that damn gate better be uh, pretty out. <laughs> Because he's yeah. got five thousand strong. Guess, All I know is because John if knows. It comes to that, if it comes to that, you know, I don't see uh, Alistair making it. <laughs> and I mean, let's be honest. I mean, there's a lot of wildings on the other side of that gate too. It's true. You know, Tormund left with some of them with John, but there's still a lot over there. You know, if he decides yeah. to keep the gate shut, it wouldn't surprise me. Um, but John's aware who's over there. You know, he knows it's only like 50 Night's Watch, and he's got 5,000 strong. So if it comes to a fight, you know, not to say John has the advantage, but, I mean, they're going to have a fight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No doubt. No doubt. But, well, he does have Sam over there, so there could be something, but Sam's not what I would call affordable force. And who's to say they don't just fucking stab Sam in the neck and sleep tonight? Yeah, that's true. That man, ooh, nah, I'll see it happen, but I'm not predicting that. Uh, you see Jamie, no armor, no nothing. He's walking in um, to this palace area, and he meets the, um, the king, and he tells him, you know, you uh, you swear your allegiance or die. You mm-hmm. know, and then it goes a quick flash, and you see Braun and the snakes in the cell, like they've been alerted something bad's happened. Their their expressions are not good. Um, so we're gonna get a little Dorn on the situation, and it goes back to Arya. Um, you know, and I, we didn't mention it in the, in the episode, but there was a part where I think it shows her, like, oh, give, he gives her the poison. He gives right. her the poison, and she goes away, and the girl says something like, "She's not, she's not ready." He goes, "Well, we'll see," and uh, makes no difference to the. It makes no difference God. to the many faced gods. Yep. I th- that was a little kind of like that was a step back for me. Like, hmm, 
she's not valuable to them, I guess, you know. Well, no, that she's not ready. If the thin man dies, many face gods happy. If Arya dies, many face gods happy. <laughs> you yeah, know, that's true. Death is death. That's true. Um, then it shows Stannis's camp. Um, you, it looks like some tents are on fire, and you see Davos looking around. Um, you know, and things, people are uh, like turning their heads, like alerted something bad's happened at the camp. So it makes me feel like Ramsey and his 20 men have gone and done something and caused an internal stir within the camp. And maybe he's doing this, and this changed my perception that he's gone and done something to demoralize the camp than there already are where they're located. And making them want to, you know lose their will more and more to follow him to this battle for Winterfell. It's kind of what I got out of it. You know, what, what were you think on that? Man, I gotta be honest. I don't know too much. Um, what I'm hoping happens, and I hate Ramsay, but maybe he sneaks in and kills Celine or something. You know, stands yeah. his wife. Um. I don't know. I really have no idea. I would just think you would try to go in and sow discourse, you know, to get people to mutiny. You know what I've kind of been thinking, um, and not because of what's happened next episode, but what's kind of been stirring in the back of my mind, you know, Melisandre's wanting uh, Stennis' daughter mm-hmm. to for the power. I think she finds a way to get the daughter, you know, that use without Stennis. I think maybe his wife kills the girl to help Stennis. And like, she looks at it as I'm getting rid of a burden because I'd never produced a boy. I can get rid of this and get you what you really are meant to be. That makes me the better wife. And, the old, da, da, da. and I just got that in my mind. I, you know, I'm hoping not. No, or, but I can or see like it's too. been to happen and Davos stops it or let me remove this burden and make this a tough decision for you. Yeah. You know, and, Give her to Melisandre, you know. Yeah, something like that. Ugh, I don't want to see Shireen get burned. No, you know. uh, yeah. I'll be pissed. Pissed. Um, you know, and it says, you see Stannis walking, um, and he says, you know, I must fulfill my destiny, you know. So you definitely you definitely see that he's going to he's gonna go into the battle no matter what, whatever's happened or whatever's going to happen. He's going he's going hell or high water. You know, but, I'm not retreating you know, again. It's like she said in the the episode before, you know, she's like, you saw it. You saw the battle in the snow. You know, you saw your great your great battle and the banners of uh, the Boltons lowered, you know, in Winterfell. So we'll see, you know, prophecies always have these little, you know, not what you think. You know, type shit. Yeah, like in my mind, it, it could be a rue, you know, a ruse. You know, where they they drop the banners and they come lure in, lure them in. They lure them in, you know, like, and it's a setup, it's a trap, whatever. You know, yeah. it could, it could be, it could be a good one. I don't know. We'll see. They'll have a twist for it. Well, my thing is, is I don't, I just for some reason don't feel like we're gonna get a battle. I know it seems like it's gonna be something offhand. You know. Uh, you know, something sneaky that derails the the incurment, something. Something. I don't That's know. why I say maybe Ramsey goes over there and sides and says, well, I'm going back and I'm going to kill Roos. 
let me stay as the, the Lord Commander of you know, Winterfell, blah, 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 and I'll be, you know, your ally to the the end. And I just don't he see gains power, you know. Stannis, as soon as he saw a Bolton, I think it would just lop their head off. Because, like, how can I trust you? You know, you're going to kill your father. You know, I'm here to fight in an honorable way or whatever, you know. Yeah. He's just too damn straight arrow. Other than the Melisandre stuff, you know. And, and you got to look at the other side of that coin. Is Stennis could have him and say, use him as a bargaining chip. I have your son. Yeah. You lower your flags or he becomes publicly executed. You know. Could be. Could be something like that. I mean, I, hell, I don't have a clue, obviously. It's a good job by the show. Yeah. You know. Um, the last part it shows, oh, this is where, you know, you see Danny in the fighting pit. They're waiting for you. They're waiting for you. And she comes out there and makes the clap and the place erupts like gladiator. Yeah. A lot of CG, but it was okay. It looks good. It looks good. Um, but it looks like we're definitely, and of course, uh, shit, we didn't even talk about it in the show either. Jorah goes oh, back yeah, to the slave yeah, master. Yeah. yeah, we missed that. Damn, I mean, we so skipped some stuff. About it, but yeah, yeah, Jorah gives the coins back to his slave master and says, I just want to fight for her. Yeah. So, uh, we're going to see him again. It looks like it. But, I hate to say, I think he's dead. He's already dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I want to fight for her. I think he's going to die for, you know, to show. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I'm looking forward to it because I love the pit of Draz neck, you know, going to be shown. So I'm yeah. excited. It's going to be good. So, and that was uh, the end of that preview. And golly, awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. That's why I, I think you're right. I think it showed tidbits for the next two episodes. I don't think that was all the next episode. That's a lot of meat on the bone for one episode. Yeah, I mean they're gonna have to. I want to. I want to say the pit's gonna be a long scene, just as Hard Home was, you know. So they're gonna have to squeeze some stuff in because they're showing Winterfell. You know, they're showing the pit. They're showing Arya. I'm like, dang man. Yeah, we got a lot of stories to get conclusions on. Absolutely, and which is why I worry that we're not going to get full conclusions on some of them. I think Arya's thing is going to end on how she handles this part, and then that's where we'll be done with her. I think the Stennis Sansa saga, something major is going to happen, but that's not the end of it, and that's what we'll end with that. I think the fighting pits come in, and my bold prediction is is that we see Jorah fall somehow in the pits with her watching or something to that effect, and that's how that wraps. And then um, Cersei, her trial, whatever becomes of her, and you know, and it's going to give us details of where Littlefinger's making his next move. You know that I think those are what we got left. <laughs> we gotta wrap the wall too. You yeah. know, we're not wrap it, but, but I mean, I don't think that's gonna be much more after this. Okay. I think that we're gonna have that little part where he's at the wall. Whatever happens there, that's the end of John's story. John, John, we we got the big part for John. We threw that in there. Well, we'll see. I think I'm excited for Arya. Of thing. We still hadn't seen Brienne. Brienne's up. No shit, Brienne. I forgot. You know, but that could be, like I said, that could be another little part. She could be part of the escape for Sansa. It could be, like I said, I don't think there's a lot going on for Stennis, Ramsey, Rue, Spree, and all that stuff. I think 
I think the Arya thing's gonna be pretty cool because I feel like she's gonna run into Mace, uh, Tyrell, and um, the that's King's a good guard. way for that to end. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like she does her thing, she does good. I could see that, and being then a, she sees them, and she Marin Trent, you know, and then she doesn't keep up with her persona, or know? maybe she doesn't fulfill her task because she's too worried about killing Trent. You know, I could see that could get pretty dicey for her you know um and make jack and really pissed off if she doesn't because the fact that the waif said she's not ready makes me think she's gonna have some struggles there so. yeah something's gonna go wrong yeah oh i'm looking forward to it i know it look at my chops yeah um any bold predictions on base what you saw I know how some of these things somewhat turn out. Okay. So I won't get too crazy. The thing, like I said, I don't know about the Aria situation. I don't know um, how they're going to handle the pits, um, how they're going to handle John's situation. You know, some of these things have answers in the books, but they've altered so much. I can't. I can't even make a prediction. Leave it alone, then. Yeah, because I don't want to. I don't want to. Make it seem like I'm using information to yeah, yeah. move you. Give us some comparisons. Man. What are we looking at? Uh, very light, very very light. Because yeah, we like de- we derailed the, from the most books of the pretty stuff hard, is huh? way off the books. Yeah. Uh, but mainly going towards the same objective. Uh, for instance, Hard Home. There's not a big battle at Hard Home in the books. This is all made up, and it was fucking awesome. Hard yeah. um, Home in the books is a character named Mother Mole, who is. Just another wilding leader, basically, who convinces a big section of the wildings to, after Mance is uh, taken by Stannis, they just were runaways, basically. And there are a lot of women and children and old people, and they run to Hardhome, which is actually like a cave uh, island type of deal, and they're just hiding out there, okay? And some ships go up there to get them. And they realize that they've been raided by slavers and all kinds of stuff. Have been having all kinds of problems, uh, like cannibalism and things Ugh. like that. So it was more just like a like a horror scene out there, not a big battle like we got. Gotcha. Um, and then Cersei. In the books, she's actually visited by Kevin Lannister, and he's the one that's coming, kind of reluctantly to talk to her. And just kind of giving her the riot act every time he comes to see her. And he's, she is sending him to like find allies for her to be called as witnesses at her trial and stuff like that. She's calling, she's telling him, bring me Kyburn, bring me Tom and uh, send this letter out for me and things like that. Yeah, this character on the show wouldn't do that. Yeah, I like the fact they're not letting Kevin. That Kevin's like, no, nah, F her. Piss on her, you yeah. know. Because I think they've set that up really well in that episode where he left town. So, I like the route they're going. Um, depending on where some of these things wrap up uh, compared to the books, you know, we'll see how my opinion changes or gets improved. Right. But uh, so far, I love what they're doing. It's just, I'm really curious because there's some, there's some really big 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 moments coming and for them to wrap this season with them will be massive do we have the potential to have those big moments in the next two episodes absolutely 
I know for sure two of them are coming and they are huge moments. Huge moments. So it's something to look really forward to. So, Oh, boy. Who are these huge moments involving? Not going to say that. Ah, you bastard. But uh, please, 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 please. Stay off the spoilers. Stay off the internet. Don't look at anything. Don't worry. I'm not. You ain't going to worry about me, man. <laughs> I don't look at that crap. I, 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 the thrill is not knowing. Oh, I'm man. Not, there's, you know. And they're so crazy and so good. So I look forward awesome. to it. Awesome. Awesome. Well, man, let, let, let's call it, man. What yeah, an episode. Here. Man, this is why I podcast. This is why we podcast. This is freaking awesome. This is the show of what makes it worth it. If there's any naysayers out there, go jump off a bridge. I don't care who you are. For all you people that decided, I'm not watching the show anymore. They raped Sansa. I'm done with you. You yeah, know, If I mean, you didn't come back and miss this... I feel sorry for you. I feel terrible for you. Oh, this is... I mean, it's TV. It's not real, but... Damn, it's entertaining. Oh, golly. Compare this episode to anything you've ever seen on television. Yeah. You know, know, sometimes I read these things, and we get a few naysayers and people talking about this is like, uh, you know, an old world version of a soap opera, and I call BS, and take your happy ass and go play Nintendo or something, because this this is not that. This is quality TV, great drama, well-written, awesome actors um and my sunday night you know so there is nothing else guys uh, appreciate y'all listening in again hit us with that feedback hit us with emails uh we'd love to hear from you love to give y'all shout outs and uh, we look forward to doing next week but other than that i think we're gonna call it bro yeah man y'all take it easy later